This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to summerschoolelectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. Hey guys, Philip, 40 Watt Podcast. I want to, first of all, thank you for listening to this podcast. It means a whole lot to me. I've put a lot of time into it. And uh, I've really, really enjoyed seeing it grow. Having said that, if you're listening to my voice right now, that means you're listening to one of the first four episodes of this podcast. I need to give you a little warning that those first four episodes are not very representative of what the podcast has become. Since starting the podcast at episode five, I started having guests on the podcast And it completely changed the way I wanted to approach things. And that means that from there on out, it became interviews and conversations with other musicians, podcasters, instrument and and gear makers, other people around the industry talking guitars and music and life and, and sometimes violin and piano and bass and who knows what else we got into talking about. So having said that, I don't want to take these episodes down. They are how I started. I want to leave them up. But I figured I should put a preface on these first four episodes that... If you're listening to them, feel free to skip ahead to about episode five, where the podcast starts to really become what it is today. Having, you know, all things considered, though, if you want to listen through these first four episodes, they're pretty short. I appreciate you listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy them, and I hope you continue listening. Uh, And you can find us on, I'm going to give you all of our information. If you don't already know, you can find our website, 40wattpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. Um, we have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash 40 watt podcast. We also have uh, a Discord server. If you're into that, you can find all of my links at linktree. That's link dot, sorry, linktr.ee slash 40 watt podcast. I know it's complicated, but it's the easiest way to put all the links in one place. Hope you enjoy. I hope you listen on through, and uh, I'll catch you later. Enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome to the uh, 40 Watt Podcast. My name is Philip. I'm your host, coming to you live, well not live, recorded from Mississippi. This is going to be episode number one of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to take this podcast as my opportunity to get plugged back into the music and the music industry world. I have a uh, undergraduate degree in music and audio engineering. I've spent many years as a guitarist, either for hire or with my own band or with cover bands or playing in musicals and show choirs and church gigs. Um, but it, it, you know, COVID's hit. Uh, we're not going to talk about COVID. That's not a thing. If you're listening to this far off in the future, hopefully you've read about COVID in history books and we've gotten way past any of this going on. 
But haven't had any gigs in a while. Uh, I'm kind of missing music scene. I'm missing all my music friends, uh, all the folks I get to see playing music. So I need an outlet. So that's what this podcast is going to become. I'm going to talk about things going on in the music industry. I'm going to talk about my favorite gear. I'm going to talk about guitars I play, styles I like, artists I love. And I'm hopefully going to get the opportunity to interview and talk to some of my favorite people in the music industry if I can talk them into coming onto a brand new podcast. We'll see if that happens. In the meantime, so for episode one, I'm going to talk about something that's been in the news a little bit. I'm a little late getting to it, but I wanted to do a little bit of digging on it. We're going to talk about Guitar Center. We're going to talk about uh, what it means for Guitar Center to potentially be filing bankruptcy. We're going to talk about Guitar Guitar Center's place in the American musical landscape. We're going to talk about what what they mean for the gear industry. So to talk about that, it's a it's a complicated topic. So for those of you that don't know, uh, a little earlier in October, we're in November now. As you are as you're listening to this, I'm hoping to release tomorrow, uh, but today is November the ninth. So Guitar Center filed for bankruptcy. Now has not filed for bankruptcy. They missed an interest payment of forty five million dollars in October. Uh, so now there's some talk of them filing for bankruptcy. Um, I, there was some talk on the forum, like everybody getting ready for those guitar center sales and the memes. I've seen them all. Um, guitar center's not going to liquidate. They're not going away just that easy, y'all. So here's the deal. If guitar center files for bankruptcy, the, the chances are the bankruptcy they're going to file for is a chapter 11, which is a business reorganization, uh, of bankruptcy. And at this point, uh, there's actually already talk of them uh, contacting their uh, creditors, talking to the people that they owe money to and trying to arrange payments and try to sort things out. Now, obviously, they want to avoid bankruptcy at all costs, but if they can't avoid bankruptcy, Chapter 11 is a type of bankruptcy that um, it reorganizes the company and puts the business under a court-appointed trustee which uh, then gives them the opportunity to file uh, a reorganization plan. They can terminate contracts. They can terminate leases. They can recover assets, and they can repay portions of the debt while discharging others. It's a plan to reduce their overhead so they can return to profitability, so they can return to good graces. So that's ultimately what what we're going to expect to see at a guitar center. And... So that that paints us this new picture. So what does that mean for Guitar Center? Uh, do we need Guitar Center in 2020 or moving forward into 2021? Is this a thing we need? As we've learned through 2020, is that we can function really well online. Uh, stores like Sweetwater are k- absolutely killing killing it in the market they even have a used marketplace now where you can uh list your own stuff for sale in a used market very similar to how chicago music exchange started reverb.com which let's talk about reverb reverb's changed hands now it's owned by the company that owns pinterest uh no 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 etsy sorry i I messed that up but uh they're, they're owned by another company uh chicago music exchange no longer has it but they very much stayed where they are um of course they hit the news earlier this year when they raised their seller's rate from 3.5% to 5%. Uh, I sell on Reverb. I bought on Reverb. Uh, Reverb's collecting sales tax now, so that changes a few things for some people. Uh, I think you're starting to see a few people go back to things like Craigslist and Facebook, but by and large, online for online buying 
you're you're going to reverb.com you're going to sweetwater you're going to a lot of these and a, a large portion of that is because guitar center and by proxy musician's friend which is owned by the same company are so bad at their online presence their online presence the, the website for guitar center is atrocious if you've ever tried to find gear on there bless you if you've ever tried to use the app bless you You've tried, and and I give you all the credit in the world. I remember searching for used gear on Guitar Center's website because I was passing through a town. I was like, "Oh, I wonder what gear is in this Guitar Center." You know, used stuff. You can limit it by the store you're looking at. They'd have a picture of the gear, sometimes no picture of the gear that was fair uh, for sale. Sometimes the picture didn't match the listing. It's terrible. You can't run a you can't run a business. And have that bad an online presence in 2020. This is a different world we live in. You have to adapt with the times. So then the question becomes, because we've all heard the memes, we've all heard the jokes, we've all told the jokes about the customer service at Guitar Center. Or I go into Guitar Center, I know more than you do, don't try to help me. Or we've all heard it. We've all done it. And there's a kernel of truth to it. But the 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 real crux of it is, and what we don't want to talk about. So I pulled some stats, and uh, not all of them are up to date, but I try to get within the last three years or so. Uh, Guitar Center is an over $500 million a year business with stores all over the country with 11,000 employees. That's a massive company. That's a huge company. Now, when I say 11,000 employees, let's remember that. By and large, a lot of their frontline staff are musicians who need a day job so that they can keep playing music at night. They're working hard. They're trying to make a living at this. The problem is a lot of times they don't get the training they need, or by the time they get the training they need, they leave there and go somewhere else. They go to a smaller store. They go to a, a you know a, a bigger retailer, or maybe they don't need to do that anymore. They, they find a job making more money elsewhere. That's a, We're not getting into that argument of who needs to pay their staff what. Look at a retailer like Sweetwater. Sweetwater has a little over 1,500 employees. And one of the most recent articles I saw said they were, their sales were over $700 million for a single year. So you look at the overhead cost, you start to paint a picture of why the things are, things are the problem. Um, Guitar Center needs to find a way to tap into that online market the way Sweetwater has. Um, I love Sweetwater. I love my sales rep. I order a ton of stuff from Sweetwater. I'm recording this podcast on gear I bought from Sweetwater. That's that's what it is. I want to feel that with Guitar Center because Guitar Center is sort of ubiquitous across the country. You can here in Mississippi, we don't have a whole lot of Sweetwaters, but I mean a, a whole lot of guitar centers. But I've been to a lot of guitar centers. I can travel the country and walk into a guitar center and have a good idea of what they have. They're they're not going to have the most high-end boutique stuff. They're not going to have the hardest to find gear unless you want to walk into the the one over on Sunset Strip in Los Angeles, which they have a had it's been a while since i've been in there they've got a fantastic vintage room and they've got some fantastic used gear but of course in a uh, major urban center like los angeles that's sort of what you expect to find but you can go there you can reasonably expect to find decent gear that you can use at just about any gig you can learn on it and we're going to come back to that you can uh, play professionally on the gear you find at, at guitar center uh sometimes the customer service is uh 
not the best, but I've been in guitar centers where they had some of the best customer service I've ever experienced. I've met some really fantastic musicians who really knew what they were talking about, who are really passionate about the gear, and they didn't, you know, they just love guitars, or they just loved keyboards, or they love drums, or whatever it was they're doing. I've had someone in the drum room almost talk me into buying drum sets. I I'm, I have a drum set. I'm not good, I, but I don't need to buy another drum set. They almost talked me into it because they were that passionate about it. So you're going to get those people just about anywhere you go. And you're going to get hit or miss. It's just like going to a McDonald's. hate relating Guitar Center to McDonald's. Um, it's just like going into a McDonald's or you go into a Wendy's or you go into a, a Cracker Barrel or an Applebee's or whatever. pick your chain restaurant. Your service there is not always indicative of the company. It's indicative of the person delivering the service at that moment. And so if you start to see, if you go, you catch a, some, a server or you catch a, a retail salesperson at their, on a bad day, you're going to get bad service. It happens. We all have bad days. Uh, it's why I typically will give any restaurant two shots, at least two. Because, um, you know, you catch someone on a bad day, you catch a cook on a bad day, maybe, you know, things didn't work out. So with Guitar Center, you walk in, you have a bad experience. That's one experience. Uh, if you start to go to the same guitar center and have recurring bad experiences, though, uh, then you start to wonder about the management. I typically have not had recurring bad experiences in guitar centers. Um, so coming back to their market share. So that's 12% of the market. Guitar Center represents 11.9 something percent of the annual uh, sales market. So they do over 500 a million dollars a year. The musical in- industry, musical instrument industry, is a four point one nine billion dollar a year industry in the U.S., which means they're a major player. You control that much of a market. You're a big deal. So if we start to see them go down and their sales aren't there anymore, I don't know. Everybody wants to say, oh, the mom and pops are going to pick it up or, oh, uh, Sweetwater is going to pick it up or online or reverb. I don't know that that's the case. I really don't. Music, in, the musical instrument industry is a very hard place, especially today with the prevalence of online sales for mom and pops to figure it out and get it done. Reverb, of course, is allowed to make that, made that a little easier. You have another platform that you don't have to have your own platform, but then they're paying these extra fees. They're not able to keep up anymore. They're losing money. Uh, so uh, my little store, our little store here in Starkville, Mississippi, we have a great music store, Backstage Music. I really love the guys over there. Um, but they're a small store. You know, they've, they've got, they, they don't have Gibson. They don't have Fender. They don't have, you know, they've got uh, VHT and GNL and PV. And, you know, that's what they've got. And that's okay. Eastman's. They've got great guitars, great instruments, but it's not what I'm looking for. I'm a, I'm a Fender Gibson player. Uh, have no, if no qualms about that. We'll talk about Gibson on another day. That's, that's a whole other can of worms that I don't want to get into with this podcast being the first one. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported in part by String Joy Strings. I'm a snob, at least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough, and that's where String Joy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. String Joy are making some of the finest strings available today right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balanced tension, coated strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. 
you should be using Stringjoy strings. And if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings. I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your Stringjoy strings today. But they, they can't pick up the slack to be the big be-all, end-all. I've got to travel. Um, and that's okay. I don't mind it. But other towns that, that guitar centers exist in, say Jackson, Mississippi, for example, for a long time, Jackson, Mississippi had a, a store called Morrison Brothers. And that was it. That was the mega store that had everything, had your PA, that had your drums, that had your, uh, they had your guitars, they had the techs, they had everything. Morrison Brothers doesn't exist. It's gone. And it's not because Guitar Center came in. Guitar Center is struggling in Jackson, Mississippi, too. Um, there is a there is a great store in Jackson, Mississippi called Fondren Guitars. I go there a ton. Uh, I know Patrick, the owner, really well. Um, it's a small store. They have hit or miss. I can't always guarantee that what I'm looking for is going to be there. But it, let's say I've got a gig one night and my overdrive pedal goes out. I know if I'm in Jackson, Mississippi at 7 o'clock and I've got a gig at 8, I can go grab an overdrive pedal at Guitar Center. I can grab something that will work and get me through this gig. I, it's oversimplifying, but I think there's a place where you need those kinds of stores. I think you need that because it also lowers the intimidation factor a little bit for new players with their mom, with their dad, nine years old, ten years old, going into the store. There's a big selection they can go in, they can find something for every price point. There's something for everybody. You can go into small stores across the country and not find uh, a, a beginner-level in instrument that's good. I've walked into some stores where maybe they, they specialize in used gear. I love used gear. That's where, that's where my heart is. I love vintage gear. I love seeing weird, oddball things, and that's where you find it. But that first player... They don't, they don't need to be taking a risk. They need to find something that works and plays, and they can find that at Guitar Center. Now, I don't want to sound like a Guitar Center apologist. They've got to fix some things. It's broken. They're not selling online the way they should. They've got to fix their online marketplace. Until they fix their online marketplace, they're done. You're, you're not going to exist here anymore. They've also got to do some damage control on their image. They're going to have to do some pretty intense good PR. They're going to have to work very hard to win back customers, especially those players who have already moved on to the more um, that cater more to them. So they've got to find a way to win back those audiences. They've got to find a way to get a better, um, they got to get a better online presence. They've got to cut the fluff. There's there's some things going on with Guitar Center they just don't need. All the branded stuff, the records, the there's some things going on in a Guitar Center that don't make any sense. Especially today, 2020 is it's it's a year of a lot of things, but it's been the year of guitar resurgence. Uh, Fender selling more this year than they've sold any year ever. You're going to see more of that. Other uh, stores saying they can't even keep guitars in stock. They're selling so fast, but Guitar Center is risking bankruptcy. Why? Because when they closed their doors, when they had to shut down to quarantine, their online presence was so bad, they had nothing. They couldn't make the money. 
Now, I don't have the, that ex- the exact figures of what it looked like once they started shutting down, but my guess is that it's not very good. I've bought stuff online from Guitar Center, and it I've not had any problems with it. Um, my, I have some issues with, for example, if I don't go site to store, I get charged shipping, whereas I can go get this brand new thing uh, from Sweetwater, and I get free shipping. You know, just little things like that. Um now, some stuff with Guitar Center is free shipping, but I'm, I'm talking more used stuff. Uh, or I go on Reverb. I can buy something. I can buy it without shipping. I'm going to pay sales tax either way. I can wheel and deal a little bit on Reverb, and I can get the shipping included. Because yeah, I'm dealing with a real person that's really quick, there, knowledgeable, knows the gear they're selling. Guitar Center's got to get to that point. I don't like the way people think of Guitar Center in the way they think of Walmart. And the way Walmart put out small, uh, put you know mom and pop stores out of business, and it's true they did. The musical instrument industry is such a small niche niche market that you've got to find a way to. We need those kinds of stores. I I, I don't know any other way to say it. I get a little riled up about it, but it is what it is. So I'm going to move on. Uh, that's. That's my spiel on Guitar Center. We'll, we'll circle back to this. Let me know what y'all think. Write me in, 40wattpodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, call me, and uh, that number is right here, uh, 662-546-0615. I'll be happy to take your questions. I'll be happy to take your criticisms. Talk to me. So moving on from Guitar Center, I'm going to talk about a little more about this podcast and what I'm hoping to achieve with it. So it's going to hopefully be a weekly thing. Uh, I'm going to try to make myself do it. This is the first one, so I'm rambling on. I'm working without a script here. I'm not good at scripting. So it's going to be a lot of conversations. I'm hoping that someone will listen to this somewhere and talk to me, and we'll have some conversations that will generate some topics, and I'll figure out what people want to hear about. What do you want to talk about? I'm a guitar player. Uh, I'm a Fender and Gibson player. Uh, This is the 40-watt podcast. It is thus called the 40-watt podcast because I'm a believer in the Fender Super Reverb, especially the AB763 Blackface circuit. Uh, So that's... I have I, I don't own a black face. Unfortunately, I do own two silver faces. One is an AB763 circuit and one has been converted in 1969 and in 1970. Um, So that's the uh, impetus for the name of this podcast. Um, I'm hoping to get some artists on here. Uh, I love talking to musicians. I love talking gear with other musicians. I like talking creative processes and songwriting. And we'll see. It's going to be an interesting evolution. Uh, I may look back on this episode and go, man, Philip, what were you thinking? This was a really stupid idea. What a waste of your time. Um, Or I may look back and say, hey, this was really fun. It was a great experience. And and we're still going. We'll see. Um. But yeah, I'm going to cut this short. I'm not going to go super long for a first episode because I just need to get something up and on the air. And so next week, I'll be back. I'm going to talk a little bit about Line 6. Uh, I'm also a Helix user. Uh, I'm a big believer in the Helix platform, especially the HX Stomp. Man, if you don't have an HX Stomp by now, what are you waiting for? Especially now, the market, I've seen them used 425 450 on Reverb right now, as of today. I haven't looked at the price right now but if you if you keep an eye on them they're selling used around that market it's worth every penny it's worth twice that money and we're going to talk about that probably next week but in the meantime my name is philip this is the 40 watt podcast you can of course again reach me 
at 40 watt podcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 662-546-0615. All right, I'll see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad-free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad-free, as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons, and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.